0: brad from the pineapple express podcast roll into the sex apartment to give us an update on their journey brad shares his version of how they got started and kylie updates us on everything she is doing to help normalize the lifestyle
1: and we're back at the sex apartment today we have a first time where we have somebody returning for the first time and somebody new at the same time. Kylie and Brad, welcome guys. Hi,
0: (laughs) Welcome, welcome.
1: They are the hosts of the Pineapple Express podcast. Yep. As well as several social media sites and everything else. I'd list them, but they change regularly. So we
2: <laughs> very regularly. We'll, we'll, just,
1: we'll leave a link or two. Yeah. At
2: least you know the podcast. That's not going to change, right? <laughs> yeah, that, that I
1: was- will say that it has to be very hard to get things banned because we've done a lot of shit on here and nobody stopped us. So
2: Yeah. So,
0: so, knock on wood.
1: <laughs> so last time we had you in here, Kylie, mm-hmm. and you kind of ran down everything and this was pre-Brad getting into uh putting his face out there and his voice out there. Yeah. So, let's start with you, Brad. Okay. And get your angle on how all this started.
3: When we had first met, she told me she was into women and she wanted to bring girls into the bedroom and I said, "Of course." Like, who <laughs> who's going to turn that down? We did that twice. We took a long break from it. I actually worked with a friend, and him and his wife were swingers. And I was just telling him, like, yeah, me and Kylie were into getting single women. And he was like, go to. I came home, and I was like, hey, do you want to try this again? I found this club. She got taken back a little bit by it. She's like, um, are you trying to say it's like nothing's going on? Like nothing good is going on in the relationship? I was like, no, I just thought it'd be fun. So then we just bounced the idea for like six months.
1: So this had been festering in your head. You kind of, it
3: happened twice and yeah, no need to go. And okay. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, why don't we check it out? Talk to her about it. And then it went quiet for a little bit. And then one day she called me when I was at work and she goes, I bought us tickets. And I'm like, oh, so we're going. (laughs) Now, what was your hesitation, Kylie?
2: The main hesitation was every time I thought of swingers, I always thought about that 70s show, that scene where like they're doing (laughs) the key party. So like in my mind, I'm like, the people who are going to be there, those old, like my parents are going to be there. Like my parents' age, it's not cool. You know, Mm -hmm. like swinging is just for old people. I didn't really know there was a lot of consent involved and ignorance, I think. Mm -hmm. Just not really knowing what to expect. I ended up doing some research and actually on the website, there's a question and answer section. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, wait a second. This isn't just for old people. Like Mm -hmm. this is for me. I'm the type of person where I just jump the gun a lot. And (laughs) then I called him (laughs) and I'm like... I guess it's like that thought, well, ask for forgiveness later, right? You know, <laughs> if he didn't want to do it, but he was down.
1: Now, you guys started off mostly just looking for other women to play with. Yeah. And my God, has that evolved a little bit?
3: Yeah, it actually, the very first night, that all completely changed. Mm-hmm. We went in thinking, okay, we'll find just a single girl. We end up finding a thruple, husband, wife, and a girlfriend. So yeah. they invited us back to their place. Once we got in the room, we me and her started together and then the wife asked if she could play with me and kylie was like yeah the husband's like can i play with kylie and i was like all right we're going for it And I was like, okay, I was like, yeah, let's do this since then. It's just couples now.
2: Well, and it's evolved too. And I think that this is really one important thing about the lifestyle is one weekend. I'll be like, yeah, I just want women. And then like the next weekend, I'll be like, "Mm, I want to watch you, you know, or, um, the next weekend I'll be like, okay, let's find as many guys as we can and bang them. Like it, it just, I feel like it's very centered around how I'm feeling that weekend. Yeah. So, I mean, I think Brad's really good about just, like, being along for the ride.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, you seem like a go-with-the-flow kind of guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was like, all
3: right, what are, you're just pawning me off tonight? Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. So be it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when we were just in Nashville, first night, go with this girl. I'm going to watch. Yeah, me and her husband are going to watch. An hour later, we were with another couple. I was like, what happened to you taking a break from men? She's like, well... See, I really like him, so.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the great thing about being a voyeur, though. A female voyeur is a lot of the husbands are also voyeurs. So me and the husband (laughs) get to, like, sit and watch, and we're like, yeah, like, keep going. Great job, you know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you call yourself the cut queen. Mm -hmm. This is something that's very intriguing to me. Mostly because we don't hear a lot about it, especially from a female perspective. Was there an experience that crossed that threshold for you where you felt like, oh, yeah, this is totally what I want? Or have you kind of always known that that was a kink for you and something you
2: really enjoyed? When we had our first experience, because I know that, and I I think that this is kind of a normal feeling before getting into lifestyle is like, oh my God, I'm going to be so jealous. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle that. And then when we had our first experience and I watched him with, a girl for the first time, I was like, whoa, (laughs) hang on what is this? And why do I like it so much? Part of it was getting over that jealousy. And then the other part of it was seeing him being wanted and and being in in that enjoyment. And that's compersion that kind of started it for me. And then it just evolved. We're like OnlyFans creators. I had talked with him about doing a scene where he completely talked to me, not just me watching anymore, but him humiliating me and spanking me and slapping me and calling me a slut and putting me in the corner and making me watch and just really going for it. And I was like, you, you might have to like watch some videos. Cause he's like, I don't know how I can <laughs> do like it. <yeah. laughs>
3: it was the best acting of my life. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. And I'm like, I really want this. Can we try it? And yeah. he was like, okay. So we did it. And then that was for me, the humiliation factor was really hot. Okay. Um, fucking little bitch, get on
3: your fucking knees. Move your fucking hand.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah, you like that? You fucking bitch.
2: <laughs> <coughs> I'm not deserving, Daddy. Shut up.
3: You don't I don't talk. deserve it. You don't talk. It, take it back in your mouth. Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh. Oh, yeah. Are you ready? Are you ready? I've been a bad girl. put in your fucking hands and knees.
2: I was a little afraid, though, to like bring it to couples who we don't know yeah, because it's taboo. You don't see that a lot. You don't see a guy fucking somebody's wife and then he's slapping his wife and calling her a whore and spitting in her face like mm-hmm. you don't see that at a club very often. No. right? No, you do not. <laughs> and it does tend to make people uncomfortable, I would say. Yeah. If you're not used to it. And especially like if it's a couple who doesn't know us. Right. So then we tried it with a couple that we are very experienced with and. We've known them for, actually, they were the couple that got us into the lifestyle. (laughs) Yeah, But um, we tried it with them at the club and then I felt safer about it. I was like, oh, okay, this is not so bad. I feel like that it might be something that we would have to do behind closed doors for a while and not in like an orgy room or, you know, an orgy space.
1: Maybe baby
3: step your way up.
2: (laughs) But it's evolved over the past year for sure.
3: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Now, what are some things that you say, Brad?
3: So she likes to be called like a dirty slut. And, she, yeah, likes, then we all. <laughs> and then she likes me to tell her that the girl that I'm having sex with, like her pussy's better than Kylie's. <laughs> okay. She's hotter than her. She does like me to spit in her face.
1: Now let's go back to the talk.
3: And how, how is that received by the partner that you're with at the moment? We actually did it for content and we ran it by them. We're mm-hmm. like, Hey, we want to try this. And she's like, Oh, that's really hot. Yeah. I'm down for that. And okay. I'm like, okay, this is the first time that I'm doing this. So I'm kind of just winging. It. Mm-hmm. And we watched it back and they're like, you actually look like you were really into it and like meant it. I was just going with the flow of it. and
2: <laughs> It's a scene, like even when your cameras aren't rolling, it's still a part of a scene. So I get into that subspace and he gets into that dominating space. It's all pretty new for us. And now what about the female that you're with? Does she also join in
0: with that? I we haven't found so. anybody like, because well, most
2: most of the girls tend to be more subs as well. I would love to do that though I think that would be really fun for me I'm a switch Which means I dominate when I go to work Because I'm a stripper And guys will ask me to degrade them So I'm really good at that And I think that could be fun too Like if we found another girl Who would into the same things I'm into But it's hard to find I think that there's more than we think But I think that a lot of people Are afraid to open up about it mm-hmm. For men we expect it But for women to be in that space, to not be having sex, to be degraded, and unless you're like in a BDSM situation, mm-hmm. but not when you're in like a swinging situation. And that's but. a lot
1: because of the fact that women really do run the show here, yeah, and are in full control of. Here's what we're doing, and here's where it's going. Yeah. So to have it come back the other way, a lot of people are like, Wait, what? <laughs>
2: Yeah. Being a cuck is not for a woman. Being a voyeur is not for a a woman. That's why they have the term stag vixen, Mm -hmm. which can cross genders. Like I consider myself a stag and he's the vixen. But doesn't that (laughs) sound weird when you say that? You
1: do make a good vixen. (laughs)
3: Thank you,
1: (laughs) You mentioned doing things for content. How challenging has playing the lifestyle become when also trying to do it for content?
2: That actually has been one of the more challenging aspects of it. That's why there's days where I just completely don't want to do it anymore. I think that a lot of people get confused. They see us on the internet. They see us on TikTok. They see us and our group of friends with the Swinger Society. And they think that the content and stuff, that that's the lifestyle. Like that you have to be on OnlyFans to be in the lifestyle and they're like do we have to make movies you know I have people that literally will message me and say that and I I think too I've done things that I wouldn't normally do in a swinging situation for the sake of content and I mean I think you have too we talked about that we were in Florida and like we had made content with a couple and Brad was like I just really wasn't into the girl that much but I knew that we had to make a video kind of finding that balance because we are real swingers finding the balance of organic content
3: yeah. Mm-hmm. A handful of couples that like we've played with before finally putting on film. And then once we did, it looked like real. It didn't look like porn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It looked like we were generally having fun having sex with each other and it was the most challenging part was that florida trip she booked seven collabs in three days and i had to perform in all of those and then after that i didn't play for the rest of the week that was before secrets party weekend that was during Mm -hmm. the week and i was like i'm just i'm burnt i was
0: like (laughs) is is that a comment you would ever have imagined you ever say in your life
3: (laughs) i had to fuck seven girls in three days it was I was just too tired to fuck anymore I was I, I was so tired, and Saturday they were trying to like wake me up in bed and people there was like twenty people in the room I was just sleeping through everybody. <laughs>
2: Yeah, he was, but I mean, I I would say that that's the challenge. Like, but it's, it's a growth process. I mean, you know, there's no handbook on like how to be a swinger and also be a content creator. You know, I mean, transitioning through all of this, it's been, it's been a ride. You learn and you grow with every experience. Now we know we're not going to book seven collabs in one (laughs) week, you know, and just kind of let it flow. Like I was saying, like, I think just letting it flow organically from now on. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But we want to have our, our integrity with that really just bring people into our life organically and bring them on our journey or you know in an organic way
1: and we can confirm you guys are in fact real swingers because we were at that club the first night that you guys walked into the club and we were sitting at that first table that you guys walked up to yeah so yeah. we can confirm that it is the real deal with you guys i really couldn't imagine the challenge of trying to make each and every event a content creation i even see it with us doing this podcast yeah where a lot of couples are like hey i don't Know if I want to be on your podcast, it's cool. We, we still like hanging out where yeah.
3: we don't I need to record worries. a podcast. You don't have right. to? Yeah. I don't know how Dan and Lacey do it. They'll go to an event, they'll schedule a podcast with the people that run it, and they have three shoots to do, and they're selling know the merch and they got to be everywhere all Mm -hmm. the time and then about four o'clock in the morning we're all at the pool and they're like (sighs) (laughs) yeah
1: it's it uh, it sounds like it could take the fun away from it for sure
3: well
2: that's been a challenge that's been one of our challenges especially with content creating are we swinging or are we making content like it, it doesn't feel it takes a lot of the fun away from it i was even at the point where i was just like I don't want to do it anymore. It is fun sometimes. I do enjoy having the camera in front of us mm-hmm. sometimes. It's just finding a balance. But yeah, it, it especially at the events and stuff, like when we, you know, the Swinger Society hosts these events, it's rewarding, but it's also we have to be on all mm-hmm. the time. And even when, sometimes when I, any event that I go to, it, I always have to be on, I always have to be, you know, that internet persona that I am real as I am in real life, as I am on the internet, but I still have to like, you know, I have so many people that come up to me and just tell me their experiences and tell me how influential I was for them and stuff. And it's awesome. But also I just want to fuck my friends. Right. You know, (laughs) what do you think are some struggles you've
0: encountered due to your media presence that maybe an average swinger would not
3: encounter? Oh, I've definitely... Had couples, probably like the last day of the event, come up. And they're like, we were so scared to come talk to you guys because you guys are everywhere. And I was like, we're normal people. Yeah. Like, yes, we're on the internet. I was like, her way more than me. But yeah, you see my face. I was like, but we're normal. Yeah. I get into like a conversation with them for like an hour. And they're like, oh, yeah, you're like really down to earth and chill. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I tell you guys when we do these lives, like, just come up and talk to us. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But that, yeah,
0: that yeah, is intimidating like, yeah, for somebody. Yeah, it's
3: intimidating. So I, I mean,
2: the lifestyle in general, and we literally just did a podcast about this. You know, the lifestyle in general is intimidating, sure. right? Especially, you know, with clicks, which everyone says that there are clicks, which it, it happens. You mm-hmm. get a group of people together and they're going to kind of find who they work with and who they don't, you know, right. that's intimidating within itself. So when you're new to the lifestyle and you see this person who's you've been listening to and, and watching and, and it's, I've been doing this for almost two years now, like that can be really intimidating for them. And we try to give them grace, but definitely just letting people know that we're normal. Like this is, we do this because we love it and we love helping people and we love supporting a community and building community. Um, And that's why I think that's been one of the challenges. And I think the other challenge has just been the birth burnout from after events because my job is to people mm-hmm. and um, I just my social battery, just like it wears down so much just because we do have to be everywhere all the time. And that's why I like going to our home club and that's kind of my reset mm-hmm. with swinging because I don't have to be a persona I just go and I'm me right and when I go to events and stuff like I'm sexy swinger chick I have to be on stage and mm-hmm. I have to you know perform and and be with my friends um, you know and I think too that's been a challenge for us we want to be good hosts for these mm-hmm. events right we really right. want to make everyone feel welcome and we really want to make everyone feel in involved and included. Mm -hmm. Um, but also you have to remember that these are our friends, the other media people, Dan and Lacey and the life of spices and stuff. We're really good friends with them. Like we talk to them on a daily basis. I don't even talk to my mom on a daily basis. (laughs) You know, uh, they are a huge part of our life. So when we're around them, like we want to spend time with them and be around them and be normal people. So when you have to be on all the time, Mm -hmm. and I think that we get a lot of criticism online of, about that and people say we're the popular ones and that we don't talk to or you know fuck anyone else which is absolutely not true but people also need to need to remember that that like we are still real people we're humans we're not machines we're really swingers and we want to hang out with our friends you know Right. right
0: yeah
3: we six seven months ago made a goal we were at these events We would break away from our group and just go find new couples because I'm like, yeah, we've played with them every time we're here. I was like, we really haven't got to meet new people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we did that. And now we've brought in like more friends and some people have even joined the group now. But we did that purposely. We were just like, we need to step out of the group and go find other people i'm like yeah it's fun with them but it's repetitive yeah i can guarantee i know exactly which girl i'm gonna go to in this group Mm -hmm. every time in an order almost
2: yeah if we wanted to be like fuck the same person we wouldn't be swingers right Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) so i mean and everybody swings differently but we just we enjoy variety sometimes but then sometimes it's like not you know it just kind of depends go back
3: to comfort sometimes
2: But yeah, I think that's how like we are like a normal swinging, you know, like a club. If you go to a club or you go to any event, there's always going to be groups of people who surround themselves with each other. And we have a lot in common. You know, we're all creators and we've been doing this for a while. So like we have things to talk about. We have commonality. That's a huge challenge for me is feeling like I'm a gracious host as well as still remaining true to myself.
0: It's funny because the more we do these podcasts with, our friends and our friend group. I frequently liken our group of friends that we stay very close with as our kindergarten group, because it's kind of like the people we met when we first came into the lifestyle, the people we've grown with. And we've seen our friends all branch off and do their own thing and find the things that they like to do the most, even though it's not the same as what we got into the lifestyle for it kind of sounds to me like you have that same group with your with your media group in that these are people that you've all blazed a trail with and you're all learning as you go with these events and you're also doing your lifestyle journey all at the same time. So you have like a lot that you have in common with these people and it it would be natural for you to lean on these people for their support, for their listening ear and that's really cool. That's really a cool thing.
2: And we all have like the same, I guess, struggles when it cut like, yeah, because you also have to remember that normal people in the lifestyle, their parents don't know that they're swingers. Their kids don't know that they're swingers. We don't have and I say it as a luxury but it's really not but we don't have the luxury of being discreet anymore because like now people that they just know you know all of our friends have dealt with similar situations custody battles which we went through a custody battle one of our friends lost their job because of being a swinger because they're out family issues people's families you know I I went through issues with my family when we first came out we all also have that in common just being able to support each other because we've been through it you know
1: now Now, there is absolutely no doubt in my head that you love the lifestyle and are very happy to be a part of it. You have found a safe space in your sexual preferences to enjoy the lifestyle. If you had it to do over again, would you be less public?
2: I think about this question all the time. I really do. And no, if I if I could do it over again, I would have taken media classes when I first started and who knows where I would be now, but I if I could do it all over again, I would never trade it in a million years, especially how far I've come because not only have I found community and friends, but I also found, you know, my passion for the advocacy work that I do and helping educate and support a community. I've always wanted to find that I am very privileged that I have these opportunities that are given to me. I was given a platform for whatever reason. You know, I resonated with people. They enjoyed my content. You know, some people do it for money. Some people do things for attention. Some people do things for whatever reason. But I have to help people. And I know that. And I know that I've been given like this special thing. And um, now I just, my goal is to help people and support people and um, do whatever I can. And I'm very passionate about it. So if I could do it all over again, I would really just get better at media. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I do kind of want to get into the money situation and how people frequently say, oh, you're just doing this for money. I know both of you have day jobs and that swinging is not paying the bills. Now, so. Now
2: people can make it into a business. I mean, obviously, like, there's clubs. It's their Mm -hmm. complete business. There's event takeovers and stuff. You know, um, Brad and I don't get paid to go to any Swinger Society event. You know, the only thing that we get paid for, and this is just me being completely transparent is like any affiliate deals that we have, you know, I put a lot of work into it. If I got paid for the work that I put into this, like I'd be a rich person, you know? <laughs> um, but I think most of the money that we make through the affiliate deals and through like only fans and stuff, we just travel like that makes it so that we can travel. No swinging. It, it's, it's not paying our bills at all. Everything you have to find balance. And I, that would just make it work. And I wouldn't enjoy it anymore. I wouldn't have a passion for it. We're not in this for money at all.
1: Now let's get into what I think is your most important platform. And that is the advocacy. Trying not just to normalize it, but to make it safe for people to be more public about it or not have to hide what they did over the weekend.
2: Not lose their job. Mm -hmm. not lose their children the biggest struggle is like every state is different when you go to a different state the rules and the zoning it's so different that's what makes what i'm doing in a lot of the groups that i work with that's what makes their job so difficult but yeah i work with um, like ncsf national coalition for sexual freedom and i'm one of their consent liaisons so when we go to events and stuff i can help and support people and talk to them about consent because there's no class on consent when you start swinging right i think it's really important for our community to have that. Then I work with the Woodhull Foundation. They believe that like sexual freedom is a human right. Um, and they work with a lot of non-monogamous people like myself, and they're involved with the kink community, the LGBTQIA plus community. They do a lot of lobbying and they work politically, which has gotten me involved a little bit politically, I'm like, hmm, maybe I want to take a political science class, (laughs) go to to the community college and, uh, you know, run for like some local, you know, because that's how you make change. We're not going to make change until we get involved. And and somebody has to put their face out there and be like, listen, I'm a politician and I'm a swinger. I'm not monogamous. And this is what I stand for. And I stand for sexual freedom. The big thing now that we're working on is I'm working with an organization called Open. Open Love O-P-E-N. They are trying to get, you can't fire someone for being a swinger. It would be considered like workplace discrimination. It's in the very baby, very new thing, Mm -hmm. but um, we're really working. We're going to hopefully work on that this upcoming year to get it to where people can't be fired. How terrible is that? You can go to work and you can be talking with your coworker and basically I'm like, oh yeah, I went to a swinger club with my husband, you know, we're not monogamous. You can get fired for that, you know. They can consider it sexual harassment and. There's no laws. There's nothing protecting you. You're not doing anything wrong because it's consensual non-monogamy. We personally know people who have lost their jobs.
1: I mean, I own my own business and I still come to work on Monday and lie about what I did over the weekend. I can't get fired. And most of my people wouldn't quit if they heard about it. It's just, I know the reaction would be a problem. And I think normalizing
2: it and destigmatizing it too. The more people that put their faces out there, I know it's hard to not be discreet, right? Especially because it does involve sex and people can shame you for that. But Mm -hmm. I think too, it's never going to be destigmatized if we hide. And if we sit in the corner and say it's too hard to put myself out there it's hard and it's been hell but it's also been heaven it's been so rewarding in so many ways and like now I can be myself around everybody I'm not out there saying like okay well everybody needs to be a swinger everyone needs to be non-monogamous I respect people's choices to be monogamous but also can you respect my choice to be non-monogamous. You know, right. I know that being on TikTok and people seeing it every day, that helps people have more of an understanding for it and, and listening to podcasts like this.
1: And yeah. I will say it is definitely becoming more normal. Mm -hmm. because I know when I first started this 20-plus years ago, going to a club, you'd get one new couple every three or four weeks, and it would be the same group of people that show up. And now we're at the club, and if there's only 60 new people, it's like, oh, it's a slow night. And we're seeing nights where there's 150, 200 new people coming to the club, getting tours, and it's growing at a crazy rate.
2: Even since we've been, you know, it's been two years years now, we've just seen growth with everything you know it just goes to show you the power of social media it's amazing to see the growth of the community millennials they say every one in five millennials are in some sort of a non-monogamous relationship Mm -hmm. whether that be polyamory whether that be monogamish whether that be they just do threesomes on the weekends but they don't want to call themselves swingers because there's a bad connotation with that name it's changing and it's growing We definitely
0: have seen new memberships climbing it, it's every unbelievable. single week we go to the club.
1: I feel like a newbie at the club every week because I don't recognize anybody. Yeah. During COVID, we got to know most of the people that were there. And the second all the restrictions came off and people were ready to go outside again, it just exploded. Everybody that was at home thinking about it and talking about it and just had all the free time to explore the Internet and think about sex with other people, maybe.
0: Well, and it's funny to me, too, that new memberships that we're seeing come through the club are not of one particular generation. We are seeing older people. We're seeing younger people. We're seeing middle-aged people. It is all over the board. We're seeing white
1: people, black people, Hispanic people, you name it everybody is just It really is spanning curious.
0: all directions. It's fantastic to see because, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously we want choices.
1: <laughs> Variety, if you will.
0: <laughs> it's just nice to see that anybody is really open to this. It doesn't have to be just the younger generations mm-hmm. being open to it, which we very much know that younger generations are.
1: But that's the thing. The fact that the younger generation is becoming open to this and in a more accelerated rate is a very good sign for the future.
0: Yes, and scary
1: yes it's scary why
0: i feel that we come at this with some experience in relationships being a firm solid ground fair and i feel like if you start your relationship life off in a way where you are sharing yourself with multiple people and where you're you're not really focused on a healthy quality relationship, but you're kind of just all over the place. I feel like that changes the dynamic of swinging.
1: And that is where she said that the one in five are in some form of non-monogamy, be it poly, swinging, random third right. person hookups. I see where you're coming from.
0: Because I know for me, if my daughter comes to me or my son comes to me and starts asking the questions about having a non-monogamous relationship, the heart of my conversation would very much focus on making those relationships quality relationships and where they can trust each other, love each other, and they have that to come to with no hesitation given if they step outside of the relationship or if they're sharing with other people or however that goes, my focus would really just be on that relationship being the solid ground, being somebody who you have excellent communication with, that you have a hundred percent trust in, mm-hmm. that there's just no question. And it just scares me to think that you start introducing all of these other things almost too soon before they really learn what a good quality sure. relationship is.
1: And then the question comes with the addition of The poly groups into the lifestyle. We have seen a handful of parts of poly couples arrive at the club now. Yes. And engage in swapping activities.
0: We have recently met a couple. Female is married Mm -hmm. and male is...
1: I believe he's a divorced father.
0: The relationship between the two is that they go together Mm -hmm. to events and play, but he lives out of town. So when he comes into town, he stays in their home. A very unique setup, which we don't run into that often. Usually it's a husband-wife combo with their third. Right playing all together so this was just a unique setup that we hadn't seen before given the time that we're living in that this will be something we might run into more often, just unique setups that right. you might have to figure out what the dynamic is.
3: And the
1: fact that everybody's open to more.
0: So Brad and Kylie both make comment to how they had initially looked into the lifestyle because of wanting a third and a female. Mm-hmm. And then when they get to the club immediately that very night, their entire rule set pretty much changed and they were completely open to trying something totally outside of what they had initially initially thought they were looking for. And I just kind of have to laugh because this is very much like our first time at the club.
1: Oh, 100%.
0: Where, you know, we were down for maybe full swap with a couple. Oh no, but... we
1: went in there fully. We are just going to check out the club because it's a new <laughs> club and we want to see <laughs> well, what it looks I know, like. But
0: <laughs> we, I mean, we didn't really have any rules as far as who we were going to play with or what we were going to do, but I didn't think... At all, the idea of having a completely huge group orgy session was not even in my remote thought processes.
1: I have been in this for over 20 years, as I say, almost every episode, and no part of me went into that night going, We'll probably end up in the group room with her getting fucked by three different guys. And yeah, (laughs) no, it's that was like.
0: not it wasn't even on my radar like i didn't even know that was a thing that would have happened that night it just kind of struck me as funny that they were similar in the sense that they're going there for this kind of one thing in mind and then totally switched gears not in a bad way they were completely open to it
1: and that's the thing in the lifestyle what you're open to is going to change frequently Right. you'll add things, you'll take things away. Like she said, some days she's looking for just a girl, some days she wants to sit back and watch, and other days she wants to get fucked by as many dicks as she can.
0: And while I always have those kind of changes in what I'm feeling, I, I feel like I can identify with her where every weekend we go out or anytime we go to a party, I'm not always feeling the same vibe. I'm not always feeling oh, tonight I'm super sexy, we're looking for this one thing, but I have managed to let the night take us wherever we're gonna go. And mm-hmm. we're very easygoing in that sense. I, we know other couples who set out for one thing, go into the club, either find it or don't, and call it a night. Mm-hmm. I don't go into the club looking for one thing, but I know that I definitely feel differently on each party. you know, some there are that-
1: two ways that we go into the club. It's either we're going to have fun and whatever happens happens. Right. Or we know going into the club that we're not going there to play that night and we're just there to have a social experience and call it a night.
0: But there's been nights where we were sure we weren't going to play and then we ended up playing.
1: I wasn't going to point it out, but I agree. <laughs> walking to, out the welcome welcome to door, to we're to like, <laughs> yeah, we're not,
0: we're not, I'm not playing tonight. I just don't feel like it, or oh. it. And then all of a sudden the party's just a great vibe or we meet some really great people. Something just unexpected changes in the night and... All of a sudden, we and I'm, go against that. But. Okay,
1: dear, let's do it. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about the cuckold and cuck queen.
0: This is definitely a topic that always has intrigued me because there was a time I had been in the couple's room while there was a cuck queen, so to speak, and her partner and her partner was fucking a girl. And he continued to say very degrading things to his what I'm assuming his wife or partner off to the side. And she continued to reiterate or ask again, like he would say, yeah, her pussy is so much better than yours. Mm -hmm. And then she'd be like, oh, yeah, well, tell me about it. Is it tighter than mine? And being in that situation and hearing it, it was very uncomfortable for me. I thought...
1: Well, you'd never heard anything like that, number one.
0: Well, yeah, but also, I mean, I just was like, ouch. Like, I... (laughs) My... My self-esteem was hurt. I know, obviously, everybody has a different kink or a different thing that they like. And it's awesome that Kylie has found that this is something that turns her on and something she can use. And she had mentioned as using it as almost a way to get over some jealousy. And I thought that was a pretty interesting angle that I hadn't thought of. Mm -hmm.
1: I make it very clear that I love watching you get fucked and I love watching you have fun. I don't know how I would react if a guy started trying to announce how much better he was fucking you than I do. Likely I would roll my eyes. You'd probably be like, yeah, whatever.
0: In Kylie's situation, she says that the girl doesn't typically join in.
1: But she would love for that to happen. And I'm curious if you would be able to jump in on that if that was somebody's kink, talking about, yeah, don't you like this pussy and things like that.
0: No, I don't think I could do it. You don't? No. Damn,
1: because that would be fucking hot. I I totally agree with Kylie. That would be hot as fuck.
0: I don't know if I could. I don't think I could, and it would mostly be because I couldn't figure out what to say and be like, oh. And
1: again, I think what you said before is where if you echoed it, I could totally.
0: Yeah, I mean, I might be able to agree if it was Uh, very like, yeah,
1: uh huh. I don't know if that's strong enough as just repeating what (laughs) we just said. Well,
0: that's what I'm saying. I could, I could probably agree because it would be. Very simply put, I wouldn't Mm. have to think of actually saying words that would hurt somebody's feelings. And clearly it doesn't hurt their feelings, but I just...
1: (laughs) Fire back. Oh, she must be so loose because this feels so big.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. No, I couldn't. I I don't think I could.
1: (laughs) Now, going back to us, Mm -hmm. when you're getting fucked, I love to hear you talk about how good it is. Because for me, my excitement is you enjoying something. Right. And to hear you letting me know that you're enjoying it, I don't think it needs to come in the, oh, it's so much better than what we do. But at the same time, I don't know if I'd be heartbroken hearing that something was that much better that you're enjoying it.
0: Well, and I But think-
1: in a respectful <laughs> manner, damn it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> when you actually s- speak of cucking, I feel like that's pushing it a little bit past those boundaries mm-hmm. of what is a turn on and what is degrading or what right. is I don't want
1: to hear that I'm bad.
0: <laughs> right.
1: But I don't mind hearing that it's better.
0: Okay. And I know that there's plenty of people out there who don't want to hear that it's better. Oh, yeah. Better. Absolutely. So, I mean, maybe you're in a way. But weird, to be honest, what's the fucking area? point
1: if it's not better at times? Hey, well, let's go I out don't... and have less than. Yeah, but I good don't know sex. that we
0: have to say that.
1: I guess it's new.
0: I wouldn't necessarily be like, oh my gosh, this is so much better.
1: I'm not looking for so much better, okay? <laughs> Slow down. <laughs>
0: I'm just no, what I'm saying is that it can go unspoken that something was really good and that might have it can definitely been go unspoken, better than other but things. The
1: sexiness of hearing that it's good.
0: Okay, right. But you're having a lot of but fun. You just said better. I know.
1: I, it's a fine line, it, and I don't know because again, I've never been in that situation. I, I I don't know.
0: Well, I I doubt that you'll be able to find out with me because I doubt that I'm the type of person who's gonna be like, yeah, no,
1: I know. We'll check.
0: Yeah. Next time okay. I'll scream this is better than you
1: <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I don't know. Let's I don't see. know. I don't know. Maybe.
0: Maybe you have a little cuck kink in you.
1: I don't know. It's gotta be there if you like, I
0: mean to some extent, yes. Yeah. I would imagine that you have some like I'm saying, you're you're kinda in a gray area. You don't right. want the extreme, but you don't want the, I
1: I want you to experience something amazing. And you wanna well, know I'm it's confident amazing. that I'm very amazing with you. Right. At the same time, I want you to be getting something more out of this gray area. I don't know.
0: I get more out of him than I do you.
1: No, <laughs> what? no, don't like that either. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like... You have to work on your cucking. My cucking,
0: cucking. <laughs> my, my cuck- And
1: speech. the thing is, I'd want to hear it from you more than I'd want to hear it from him.
0: And that I can totally understand. That I can see being.
1: And again, I don't want to hear it degrading what I do. Right. Just how much you're enjoying what you are doing.
0: Right. So, so you I don't, don't want to hear falls. him be like, hey, man, she's enjoying my big cock.
1: No, that's fine, too. Oh, okay. No, that's, I mean, hey, man, <laughs> More might be than a little yours. weird, but. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's. I need to look up good cucks. Well,
1: he watched cuck queen porn to make sure he was saying it right.
0: Yeah. I guess I'll have to brush up on my cuck porn.
1: Maybe we have to watch some and see what it does for us. I don't know. Ah, oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's a fine line. It's a real fine line before I go, oh, now I am uncomfortable. Please stop. <laughs> but then you're too into it. And you're like, I can't stop. I love this. And then you're like, from now on, or no, like that was the most empowering thing starts- ever. <laughs> and I'm like, from now on, that's all you'll do. And if I'm not doing it, I'm not doing it. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it's going to ruin everything. Damn you. <laughs> So they did that for their OnlyFans. She brought up that people have questioned her whether or not they have to be on OnlyFans in order to be a swinger. And people have questioned, do I have to be public to be a swinger? If everybody finds out, I'm going to have a problem. So I can't be a swinger because I can't be out on OnlyFans or on TikTok or have an Instagram.
0: The reverse question happens too, are you actually swinging if you're only posting content to an only fans and not actually being a part of a swinging event?
1: I mean, technically swinging is a couple mutually agreeing to have sex with other people. Right. So if they are a couple and they are having sex with other people, whether or not there's a camera there or if they're getting paid by some platform to do so, it is technically a form of swinging, which encompasses a million fucking things. So absolutely.
0: Yeah, but I think it can be argued that there is an experience in swinging that is more than just the sexual exchange in the bedroom.
1: Yes and no. There are couples that come into the club, pick a couple, say, hey, you want to go fuck? And if that couple says yes, they go fuck. They finish fucking, that couple gets dressed and walks right back out the front door. Correct. And they don't interact with them in any way, shape or form. It's just, it is strictly the act of sex with another couple and then done.
0: Correct. And part of that experience is that it's not a video recorded sexual interaction. What makes a
1: difference if there's a camera there or not? It's still the same interaction.
0: I think with the video camera or knowing that there's a video camera, I think that there's a tendency to perform. Whether we know it consciously or subconsciously, it's there. Knowing that there's a camera there, that does end up somewhat taking something away from an experience.
1: I film a lot of the things that we do.
0: Yeah, but a lot of times I don't know when you're filming the things. Or when you're recording, but or if you there's are a at camera all
1: there, I, I, I see what you're saying. That if you're doing it and playing towards a camera, unless of course that could be your kink. That that could be something that helps some people enjoy it.
0: First of all, I just want to say that with social media presence, there is likely the ability for general public to misinterpret how swinging goes down. 100%. So what I'm saying in this whole OnlyFans thing and in just media presence altogether is that when uh, Joe Schmo watches TikToks about swinging, which give only a small snippet into what swinging is in? somebody's life mm-hmm. this could be a person just starting to swing a person who knows a lot about swinging a person who doesn't know anything about swinging but joe Schmo doesn't know that mm-hmm. doesn't know where they're at doesn't know their journey doesn't know any information and they see this and they think oh that's swinging oh look they have an only fans oh that's swinging i feel like the definitions of things are getting really muddled and kind of Fucked up for a lot of people who don't understand swinging, don't know swinging, don't. Most
1: specifically, the people who are against the idea. Well, it does give them a lot of ammunition.
0: It does but also for people who want to get involved in swinging and don't know where to start and are using some of these swingers in the social media limelight as their way of learning about things. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to have people in the spotlight who give very well-educated information, but it also sucks because we can't also control the people who are out there giving poor information. True, And it's just very upsetting to me when I come across a TikTok or a social media page or something that's giving out information that's absolutely absurd that I would never want a new swinger to read or hear or follow. And it's sad because we can't, the good ones can't all be out there finding all the bad information and clearing it out, unfortunately. Now these people have to wade through what information they want to agree with and what they don't want to
1: agree so with. So in a way we've gone from too little information to an overabundance of information?
0: Yes. And or an
1: overabundance of misinformation.
0: Just an overabundance of people wanting to share their opinion.
1: <laughs> says the girl on her podcast.
0: Says me on my. Side <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) But I will say that I have joined several different groups on social media sites, Facebook and Reddit, and I'm reading through some of the information and what I had initially felt was a really amazing supportive community has now turned into like a, oh my gosh, I can't believe these people are jumping down each other's throats about asking some sort of simple question. Mm -hmm. It's actually very much a huge turnoff and makes me feel very disgusted about the community. And I find that to be really sad because when I first got into swinging with even with my ex, I felt it was a very welcoming place where I could share whatever I wanted, where I could ask questions to whoever I wanted. I would get just very honest answers.
1: The problem with social media welcomes the keyboard warrior trolls who can pose as whatever the fuck they want. Right. And say whatever the fuck they want. Plus factor in with the fact that everybody has a different opinion as to what swinging is and what's the right or wrong way to do it. Mm -hmm. And when you get behind a keyboard and a monitor, you're very quick to say, this is my way and that's the way it is. Right. When, again, you have to remember, everybody has a different way of doing it. Everybody's in it looking for something different.
0: I'm just so disappointed that I don't feel that same sense of community in groups that are literally dedicated to being lifestyle groups. Like one individual group that I'm part of is specifically about education in the lifestyle and the number of really shitty asshole responses To some questions that I am just blown away by because I'm like, holy shit, can people not ask a question without some freaking Karen jumping down their throat? And it's like, this is a literally like the title of it is like education, (laughs) you know, like it's in the title of the group. It just it hurts my feelings. It hurts my feelings that other people don't feel welcome, and that this may be their first venture out into trying lifestyle things. Mm-hmm. A lot of the questions start off with "We just decided to try the lifestyle," or "We or just, try this one specific yeah. thing."
1: Is where here is how we're going to dip our toes in. And don't then, do that! How right. dare you do and that? Then some assholes, What are you stupid? And I, I understand.
0: It's just so frustrating.
1: I put that on the people that run the board,
0: right? But if, if the you're thing gonna is, start, you are going to start,
1: can't if you are going to start that you. Need to monitor it, or you have to have somebody else monitor to keep those kind of comments out. And the people that make those comments, you need to let them know hey, those kind of comments aren't welcome here. This is about progressing things forward and helping people out.
0: Right. And I've chimed in on several of them myself, just saying, hey, just so you know, I'm going to answer your question because you asked a valid question. Mm
1: -hmm. And I will say the Swinger Society Discord group does a very good job of having a lot of different monitors. That pay attention to that kind of shit. I just and wish I was better those, at using Discord. I know. I, <laughs> I feel so old to going, I don't know how to use Discord. <laughs> but from what I've seen on it, they self-police. They are quick to say, hey, don't bring that shit here.
0: But I just want to let people know that if you've joined some group and they've made you feel like an asshole or that you cannot ask questions or that you just don't know what you're talking about, leave those groups because they're not worth it. I will say that I found the most community in the club scene by us, but also because the website that we use for the club scene is very much people who are doing this lifestyle, who have have jumped in. And even though maybe some of them haven't yet gone to the club, they're reaching out to these people within the lifestyle. And that was a community that I felt was the most welcoming, that meeting people in person, having people to talk to, physical people to talk to, Mm -hmm. not some keyboard. Warrior,
1: yep, and that's a good thing about the club website because in order to become a member on that site you have to go to an event right at that point you know these are real people not just people checking it out and so all of this public persona makes me wonder that if we start going to events outside of our area
0: which we are considering in the future here
1: yes we are we've never really put our faces out there for and good reason. our profiles on the websites and our club website we make no reference to hump day quickies right So our club persona is not hump day quickies. Right. When we show up at these events, do we announce that we're at these events and give people the opportunity to meet us or do we just go to the events and have fun?
0: And we've been back and forth between this. It's been a difficult decision for
1: us. It's incredibly difficult because we would love to meet
0: our listeners
1: and hear whatever they have to say. Right. Hopefully positive. If not, we'll still take it.
0: (laughs) And we love our listeners too. And I don't want our listeners to feel like they had the opportunity to meet us and we were not upfront with, oh, we also happen to run this podcast. And
1: I don't want to seem unapproachable because.
0: Right. On the other hand, yeah.
1: I love talking to people. We've run into this at the club where people have mentioned, oh, we've heard your podcast. We heard this is you guys. And we fucking love that. We drive home afterwards beyond excited that, oh my God, somebody really listens and. <laughs> I mean, we just passed over a half million downloads, so clearly somebody listens. But
0: <laughs> we don't frequently meet them.
1: Though <laughs> it's rare that someone will come up to us and say, "Hey, we heard about your podcast."
0: So the debate continues: is it better to show up as Humpday Quickies or better to show up just as ourselves and not say anything and just let natural connections? happen and
1: what inevitably happens is someone who is at the party mentions hey these guys have a podcast and it comes out who we are and then we end up talking most of the night about the podcast which i don't mind i enjoy talking about the podcast i mean you know me i love attention (laughs) Yes. my personal opinion is i'm more than happy to show up as hump day cookies Mm -hmm. we had sat down with brad and kylie for a pretty extended period of time and we try to keep these episodes to an hour or less some things that we say don't make the podcast. One of the things that didn't make the podcast was our discussion about why we are not putting our faces out there and why we're not being public.
0: And that reason is solely because of our children.
1: 100%.
0: Our thoughts are based on the way adults react to finding out this information and not necessarily how children react. Right. We find that sometimes it's a very judgmental society, Mm -hmm. and the last thing we want to do is create more difficulties for our children that they don't already face.
1: Right. right? We are concerned that if another parent found out, it would be, oh, my kid can't go to their house because they're swingers, and I don't know anything about that other than the online personas, basically. Then. They tell the next parent, oh, you're letting your kid go there? Did you know? And then next thing you know, our kids
0: are not allowed to have friends right? because of parents.
1: (laughs) Yep. And as much as I would love to be out there and continue to push this normalizing as hard as Kylie and Brad are, as hard as Swing Nation is, as much as Daryl and Kate on Wonderlust put their faces out there, I don't want to do it at the risk of our kids growing up.
0: And I agree. And that's the unfortunate reality of the world that we live in is that we're not at a point where it is normalized. And I love the fact that we do have people who are putting their faces out there because we need those people. Hundred percent. We need those people putting their faces out there so that we can normalize it. But we're just not there yet. We're not at that point. It's going to be a super duper long time before we are. And it's just not going to be in my children's lifetime. I
1: really hope you're wrong
0: and i hope so too but we're talking about changing the minds of adults we're not talking Mm -hmm. about changing the minds of our young people right Right. our young people are living in a world where an open relationship is rather normal but the parents of the children that are going to school with my children Mm -hmm. don't feel that way or at least a good percentage of them don't Right. And a good percentage of them are not open to the idea of different types of relationships, knowing that for sure, because of what conversations I've had with parents. Mm-hmm. So I know that we can't be open to other parents about ourselves, and that makes it very difficult to put our faces out there. So, yeah, that's really just the unfortunate reality of living in the world today with a mixture of Some of the population feeling very strongly about monogamy and some of the population feeling very strongly about (laughs) non-monogamy.
1: Yeah, And we've talked in the past about the downside of normalizing the lifestyle. Yes. Which is 100% the point of this podcast is to normalize the lifestyle.
0: That's what our goal is. Sure. Get it out there that there's lots of different people doing this in lots of different ways and it's not weird. It's not creepy. It's, Not that 70s fishbowl.
1: But we have talked about the fact that in normalizing it, it loses its...
0: Je ne sais quoi. Oui. (laughs)
1: That's French, right?
0: (laughs) I think. Yes, it might lose something very special by making it too normal, right? I
1: mean, the fact that most people don't know... That there are two sex clubs in our city and that there are sex clubs all across the country and that there are hotel takeovers, that swingers get together and all of these things happen. If suddenly everybody at the bar is with their partner going, hey, I wonder who else I can fuck here. Right. It loses its special sort of secret society-ness. Yeah. But the goal of normalizing it is so as we can actually talk about it and not have to hide the things that we enjoy the fact that every monday when i go to work and hey what'd you do this weekend and my answer has to be oh we went out to dinner oh we saw a movie when in fact we went to a sex club we had a lot of fun meeting a whole bunch of great people just the look on people's faces at our wedding reception when i had my office there and we had our lifestyle people there yeah And I desperately wanted somebody to put two and two together. (laughs) But the lifestyle people were so respectful in the fact that they weren't going to let it slip. Yes. And the work people were so clung together that they weren't going to take a minute to talk to the lifestyle people (laughs) who were as welcoming as can be. Yep. And it didn't come across, but the work people were all like, how the fuck do they know all these people? Where do they come from? And a few of them started going, so how do you know them? (laughs) (laughs) And a few... Few of the women said that they went to school with me, not knowing that the people that I work with know that I went to an all-boys school. (laughs) But I desperately want to come into work on a Monday morning and talk about what a fun weekend I had. And it doesn't have to be, oh, I fucked this girl and I fucked this girl and I had her doggy style and while she was doggy style, she was blowing this other guy. It doesn't have to be all that.
0: But you want it to be. I mean, if
1: they asked, (laughs) I wouldn't lie, but... I want to be able to say, I went to the sex club and hung out with a bunch of cool people. Yeah. Then the question is, well, why do you have to say sex club? Why can't it just be, I went to a club and hung out with a.
0: Or the bar?
1: You're 40 plus years old. Why are you hanging out at a club? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Doesn't that have its own difficulties in itself, too? Because now you're basically saying you want to take the judgment out of people by normalizing the lifestyle. You just want to not be judged. I mean, isn't that what, what
1: everybody's do. trying to do right now with every fucking thing?
0: Right. Oh, absolutely. Every single LGBTQIA plus person is attempting to take the judgment off of themselves, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to be judged for just who they are, who they want to be. So, you know, it's a long road ahead. I mean,
1: outside of sexual preference, no matter what it is, everybody wants to be free from judgment for whatever choices they make.
0: Right. But that's never going to happen.
1: You can't get rid of the word judgment. That's true.
0: Uh, You can't get it out of people's heads. People are just naturally judgmental. I hope we can
1: but we're going to keep bringing on as many people as we can find that want to sit in front of these microphones and talk awkwardly about their sex lives
0: (laughs) And make it sound normal.
1: (laughs) And just share their stories and how they got to where they're going and why they're doing what they're doing and how it affects their life.
0: Yes, it's a uphill battle and we are hoping that we can change the minds of as many people as we can and let people see that This lifestyle is not hurting anybody necessarily.
1: Absolutely. So with that, share the podcast with all your friends. Yeah. Let them know. If there's somebody out there that is on the fence or curious about it or has questions about it, share our podcast. Share any information you can to let them know that they're not alone.
0: Yes. And be welcoming and don't make people feel like they don't belong because they do. It's a huge community and we're all very supportive. Thanks for joining us for a hump day quickie.
1: We hope this brought you some midweek excitement.
0: If you have your own confession you'd like to share with us and our audience,
1: please call 844 4 Hump Day and leave us a message.
0: Can't wait to hear your sexy stories.